return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. Hello everybody. We are in the middle of a hurricane right now. Welcome back to Tattoos and Jesus. I feel like with the setting of a, of the rain outside, we need like a cup of hot tea, a cup of hot tea, and a hot book. Do you? <laughs> we actually started drinking tea, and by started, I Who's mean we, we tried it once. Who's we? Me and Sarah. What kind of tea did you get? I don't know. We got. Um, we were downtown Earl Grey. I always hear that name. We were downtown Spartanburg maybe two weeks ago. Okay. Oh, that's what. Oh, yeah. So we went to Bond Street Wine, and then we went to eat, and then we went to the tea shop on the way back. You got that uh, tea exchange, mm-hmm. and we walked in. I've never been in there. Have you ever been in there? Mm, I don't think so. And it's just, like, packed. I've been to the olive oil store. With, kind of like that, but with tea and spices. So it's tons of spices and tons of teas. And we're like, well, we'll try it. So we got a couple bags, and we tried it the other night, and it was fine. It's, you know, it was good. But I don't know how much is like mentally I feel relaxed because I'm drinking tea or how much is actually tea. It's like relaxing, relax, relaxing time tea that's like right before bed. Mm-hmm. Is that what you had? Yeah. And it worked. But you're questioning if it really worked or if it was a placebo. Yeah. Or if I'm just like. It I says that that's what it does, but you don't think it. I mean, it could have. I felt good. I felt tired. I felt relaxed. But I don't know if that's because of the actual tea or like because it's. But like it did hot, what it claims to do. I know, but I don't know if I psyched myself out. That'd be like saying, I know they say that beer is alcoholic and that you can get drunk, but I don't know if I just started acting swirly after three just because, like, I just thought it might happen. I don't know. Like, but you know, but it could be, it might not necessarily be. If it's maybe like a mind trick more than it is like a hot drink, like a hot yeah, drink, something warm and soothing on your stomach. Right. Yeah. So I'm with you. That I helps. Know. I don't know. You're right. It does feel like the kind of day where we need like taco soup, chili. I do like chili. A little chicken stew. I do like. Do you like salmon stew? I do like salmon. Do stew. you call it salmon stew? I used to until my my dad until you and my moved mom out of Gaffney? corrected me constantly. Salmon. So salmon stew. When it comes to words that can be pronounced in multiple ways, like salmon, if I say the word salmon, it's a conscious attempt to be f- just different. In the same way that I don't think people really say pecan. It's pecan. Pecan. Would you say pecan? Give me some pecan pie. That and that be your me. legitimate, like, clear pecan. conscious. I say pecan. Yeah. Like, do people really say pecan and at no point think, that sounds weird? Maybe. And how is it actually pronounced? I actually look. There's like 13 different pronunciations of pecan. 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 It's like you can enunciate any. It's like there's a ton of different ways to do it. I looked it up on Wikipedia one time. It's literally like 8 or 10 or 13 different ways. It's ridiculous. I do like pecan pie, though. Pecan pie. I'm going to be honest with you. So I don't eat sweets. I haven't eaten sweets in a long time. I got introduced to pecan pie at a dinner hosted by my church as a child. And I think what I really fell in love with 
was the sugary goo that is the middle. Attaches the oh my goodness, that stuff is heaven. So it is. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it is the most underrated pie. I love it. It's delicious. Love it. Absolutely delicious. I used to. My grandma had a pecan tree, pecan tree, um, mm-hmm. in her backyard, and we would go collect all of them up and then make a, a pie like once a week. And it so, was delicious. Also, what I know to be true is a lot of times when it comes to pecan pie, they will say it's a really rich pie. So it doesn't take much to kind of satisfy. That experience has never been true for me. <laughs> like, you know how you can go and buy like the pre-made pies at Walmart, Food Lion, Bilo, or whatever? Yeah. You know, in the tin container with the plastic. Well, and this was back in like high school and college. I mean, I haven't done this in like 20 years, but... Um, Pecan pie is one of the few that the store bought is all is it's hard to beat. Like it's delicious. Like homemade's fine, but the store bought's pretty ballin'. Yeah. Like everything else, homemade is always better. Yeah. Pecan pie, like store bought, is top shelf. That's good. And so I would go buy one. You know, it's like what four ninety nine or something. I'd eat like a quarter of it, and be like, they say this is rich, and like I'm gonna feel sick, but I don't feel sick yet. And you just drill it. Yeah. Now is that your? This is getting more than Thanksgiving, but would that be your Thanksgiving um, choice dessert? Because some people do. Mm-hmm. I don't really count sweet potato. I mean, I guess you could sweet potato pie or just sweet potato souffle. Souffle. No, that I don't count that because, like, yeah, you know, I don't eat sweets, but I eat sweet potato souffle. So I need to categorize that separately. But it it does have a desserty feel to it because whether you do the mushroom top, mushroom. Marshmallow top. I've never had the mushroom top. That Probably mushroom will top. never no. have the mushroom. If you top. use the marshmallow top, it. I mean, it kind of tastes like a dessert. But then they also do like the pecan cinnamon sugar crust. Yeah, it tastes totally different, but also very desserty. Both are delicious. How did we get on pie? I don't know. Um, but so last week we didn't have a show. We did not. We no. did. Well, we did have a show, but we didn't have a show. Right. We were guests over at the table with our friend homeless Jimmy. Yes. And so we hope that if you listen to us, you took the time to go check out his show and listen to us. That was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was a long show. It was a long, We yeah. talked a lot. It was good, though. But one of the things that we talked about was fantasy football. And I don't necessarily think our listeners want a whole play-by-play of our crappy fantasy football league. Probably not after we just did a play-by-play on pies and <laughs> yeah. Uh, tea. Yeah. So, But fantasy football has started. So this is because Marty has injuries. What word would you use to describe the first weekend of the NFL season? I mean, this would also apply to fantasy, but like just thinking of the NFL because there's a direct correlation between fantasy and NFL. What word would you use to describe the weekend? The first fantasy football weekend. Yeah. Mm. Uh, chaotic joy. Chaotic joy. Yeah, I was gonna say something else, but I I, I had to throw that real. Out. It is really raining outside. It's it's. I'm telling you, yeah, because it's so like I love the chaos of fantasy football because you're keeping up, mm-hmm. you're going through this emotional roller coaster from one o'clock to eight because if you're pulling for a team, you're pulling for a team. You have players that are going up and down. You got injuries. Like you're seeing your player score a touchdown, and then you're seeing your player, you know, not getting anything or getting injured. Like it's a it's a very emotional weekend, but it's awesome it's glorious do you find yourself 
watching all the games or just sitting there watching your fantasy scores the whole time? No, I bought uh, the package again this year. Season so, pass or whatever? Uh, yeah, Sunday ticket. So I do – if the Chargers are not on, what I'll do is I'll watch Red Zone. Where it bounces to all the good stuff? Yeah, and so Red Zone helps kind of thin out you know, just the boring stuff and goes like game, 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 game. No commercial breaks for like eight hours. Mm-hmm. Straight football the whole time. Just boom, 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 boom. Do you even know your wife exists in that eight hours? She hates Sundays. Okay. But not anymore because I've, I've gotten better. Like I'll try to – she likes watching the Chargers games with me. So um, – and then the first – either the first half or the second half that the Chargers are not playing – um, I don't like. I'm not like fully invested. I am the first weekend, but then after that, like I'll either watch it on my phone while we do something, or like I'm not like don't talk to me. Okay. Or she'll do like chores, or she'll get schoolwork done. You know, have watch football. This would be a great time for you to clean the bathroom. Yeah, <clears throat> I've already so got all really... my chores knocked out before Sunday. Okay. So we're good. Here's the word I would describe: heartbreaking at times. Heartbreak. Because here's has there. There were some significant injuries going into and coming out of this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right? No, biggest one, like for you, Dobbins. Yeah, because I JK just traded Dobbins. Dobbins. Who'd you trade him from? Me. Yeah. So if you listen to Jimmy's podcast, we tried to do a trade in real time for J.K. Dobbins on the show. And then Jimmy was basically like, well, TBD, we'll have to see if this happened. Well, it did. Like the next day, we worked out a trade. Yeah. Where I got Michael Thomas and a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. You got Dobbins and a couple of my guys. And we worked it out because you needed a running back. And then he turns around, tears his Achilles. He's out for the season. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and put a win in the win column for me on that trade. Yeah. Uh, I, I got I got good. Yeah. Because one of the dudes I referred to, I sent to you, you already dropped. Joku, the tight end for the Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, you dumped um, him. So you got Smith-Schuster. Do you even still have him? Okay, so that's all you got from the trade. Yeah, because I drop, I just dropped Dobbins when I got. So if he trade. goes off, then. But anyway, did you watch the Green Bay game? The Green Bay. This. Whoo, did you watch the Jets game last night? I watched. This is not even joking. I watched the first ten minutes, and then I turned it. I went to sleep. Well, that's all you needed to see to watch Aaron Rodgers end his football career. So I want to get back to that. Did you? So here's here's how bad it was. Did you see how the game ended? I did when I woke up. Huh? I watched it when I woke up. Or I watched the Okay, highlights. so the Jets, you know, get a, a pun or whatever, run it back, score, game over, beat the Bills. Yeah. I turned the game off with like five minutes to go and went to sleep. I missed I you watched missed the whole game. You missed all the game. highlights. I watched the whole game. Because they scored and then they drove down and kicked the field yeah. goal and they scored again. There was only like 20 points scored. Right. To- like, so you missed all, pretty much the game. I missed everything that mattered. Because I turned it off with five minutes to go, cause, and here's why. I knew I was losing fantasy, and I needed to go to sleep because I was getting up early. And so I was like, it doesn't matter. I don't care who wins. And I went to sleep, not realizing I missed it. It's like, yeah, I didn't care who wins, but I missed a great ending. Yeah. Ah, But tell me, here's my question. Aaron Rodgers, all hype. They built an entire Jets team. Sold out stadium last night. Around him coming to New York. Yeah. They brought in Allard, uh, Cobb, Lazard. Lazard. Dalvin Cook's there. They, Dalvin Cook. Like, they brought in all of these pieces from Green Bay and other places to be basically make a Super Bowl run, right? There's a Tom Brady move. Yeah. 
right? We're going to build it to that amazing defense. Just have an amazing defense. Four game, four plays in, tears his Achilles. That's it. Truly is heartbreaking. Like, and I'm not a Jets fan. I'm not a Jets fan. I'm not over the top Rodgers fan. But to know as a Jets <sighs> fan that you just got Aaron Rodgers and you've been in a huge football drought, haven't won in a long time. Last year was the first year you had some hope. Then you get Aaron Rodgers. Your Super Bowl odds are like fourth best. You're ready. It's a sold out crowd. It's nine eleven. It's in New York. And literally, they clocked him. Aaron Rodgers was on the field for 75 seconds. Injured out for the season. So, I am very – this is probably the most heartbreaking reality of the whole weekend for me. Because you know how I love to bandwagon teams. Yeah. I think you mentioned on the podcast you were watching the Jaguars and the Jets. Yeah. Yes. Because the Jets, it's, it's, it's an experiment. It's like the Tom Brady when he goes to Tampa Bay. I'm not a Brady fan. I wasn't a Patriots fan. I said Tom Brady was playing basketball today in New York. Oh, did he? Re- no, you didn't. That's what I, I just saw. It. Oh my goodness. So anyway, so he owns part of the Raiders. <laughs> he can't do You're that. you saying, man. All right. So here's the like the struggle for me is, but when Brady goes to Tampa Bay, that's an experiment, and it was fascinating to watch. Like I just wanted to see how does he perform? New team, new off, all of this. It's the same thing with Rodgers. Yep. So I'm so mad that I can do not get to watch it play out. Do you think his career is over? I don't, but I feel like a lot of the Jets fans, to look at their faces and to look at like the coach and the players, like you beat the Bills last night, but you lost. Like – you literally. I'm gonna have go ahead and tell you they would give up that game from last year. They would go up, give up that game for a sprained ankle. Yeah, for sure. Like you just did all this, and you're back exactly where you started. Mm-hmm. And here's the crazy thing about it, and this is not on topic, but Jordan Love looked good for the Packers. Yeah. So I saw yet that. again, oh no, this is the just Packers are coming they got out the on win top. on this one. You know they're sitting back thinking, listen. We may that draft pick may have just become like a second rounder instead of a first rounder, but we're still getting a draft pick. You got a goose egg. Yeah, they still they're still coming out on top <clears throat> somehow. But yeah, I mean, there it's it would be for especially for Rodgers. Like you just moved like mentally for Rodgers. So, so that was mentally for the fans. Now for Rodgers, like you just left the only place you've ever played NFL football at. Mm-hmm. You did this darkness retreat. You came out of this darkness retreat like, I'm going to play in New York. You go. You move to New York. You and got he all invested. this hype. Yeah. The stories coming out of there was he was 100% all in. Cut his salary to get more players on. Like, full investment. Hurt 75 seconds in. Torn Achilles out for the season. Do you think he knew when he sat down on the field? Do you think he knew what he had done? I think he knew. It, because he just looked was, stoic. He didn't did look. Did you see the video? Which well, video? I'll show it to you. So they, they have a video, and it shows in the video the tendon. I heard about this. It shows his calf, like, reverbing. Popping, and then shows the muscle, yeah. And so he had to have known, because as soon as he stood up and he sat back down, it was kind of like he was just in disbelief. They say a lot has to do with the turf, because this turf versus artificial grass. Mm-hmm. He tried to plant his foot, and his foot stuck. Anyway, whatever. But, yeah, he he's done. So where would you be, Ice? Mentally, how would you feel, even if you're Rodgers, a Jets, a coach, it doesn't matter. A part of the Jets family. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling right now? 
this is gonna. I don't know if this will sound stupid or not. And I don't know if y'all can relate to this, but like, it's almost like going through the stages of grief. I even found myself thinking this today. Like, I don't even freaking like the Jets. But I was going through this whole process of like, I watched the coach interview. What does the coach say? What's his mindset? Like, what's and think and it, and it's like it goes through. Like, I would be like, maybe no. Like, maybe like, what's the chances that it's really not torn? Like a bargaining. What's the chances that he's just like maybe a partial tear? Like maybe back, he, yeah. he could be out four weeks, you know. And then I was like, but if it's torn, like, like what's what's the fastest recovery time here? You know, it's like in yeah. my head I know he's out. It's not good. At thirty nine years old, not good. But in my head, I was like, maybe. And then I go, this didn't happen. This couldn't have happened. Yeah. And then there's this just just anger. There's this frustration of like. You want it to not be true so bad, but there's literally nothing you can do to make it, you know, to reverse it. Yeah. It's not like there's a way to repair this situation. I mean, there is. It's called surgery and sit on the couch for six months. Yeah. And so it's like, it's almost like the stages of grief. And I just find myself this frustration that I do desperately wanted to see this experiment play out because I despise legendary players, franchise players. That at the end of their career, hop ship a few times, chasing a ring or chasing a couple bucks, whatever it is. To me, it tarnishes a little bit of the legacy. And so for me, Brady broke that because he went and he didn't just stay one year at Tampa. He stayed a chunk, right? Not ten years, but he stayed a chunk and he won a Super Bowl. So to me, it like it offers some legit. Like to me, it's a little more redeemable. Yeah. When it's not like you just going and taking hits and. And just sucking. Yeah. And so to me, it's like I wanted that for Rodgers. Like I respect him a lot as a quarterback. And I respect him a lot as a Green Bay Packers quarterback. So to me, it's like, all right, maybe your time there was done. You're not ready to quit. But like show us this is redeemable. Like show us this decision. Like you're telling me that unless he signs a one-day contract, this man just retired as a New York Jet because of 75 seconds. He's still got one year. He's still got one year. I think he'll come back. But do if he they decides, want him back? I don't know. I mean, because you've already invested in They're him. saying this was the year that we're going to succeed. What's yeah. next year have? That's true. Because he gets, you know, each year he's getting older. Yeah, that's pure. That's just pure. Yeah, pure disappointment right there. Pure because the expectation was <clears throat> possible Super Bowl, definitely playoffs, possible Super Bowl. Yeah, possible Super Bowl win. That was the expectation for months. And your expectation just went from possible Super Bowl team to I don't know if we make the playoffs yeah. in a matter of seconds. The only redeemable thing here is I have Dalvin Cook on my fantasy team, <laughs> and they just became a run-heavy offense. Yeah. Oh. We'll see how it plays out. Even though Brees Hall was a baller last night. Yeah, he did. Like 10 good. runs, 120 yards. All right. Have you ever – do you disagree with my expression of what it was like to think about that situation? That kind of that grief process, that like anger, no, frustration. I mean, it's I mean, it's, it touches all that like loss. Yeah, you just lost Rogers, but like the expectation was high, and then now because I think if if you're, I mean, I'm a Chargers fan, so my expectation every Sunday you're used to disappointment is we're gonna play a great game, and at the end it's gonna come down to. A drive. Did and the guess Chargers, what happened Sunday? Did you win? It came down. 
Did you win? To the last drive. Did you win? And we lost. Bummer. 36-34. Who are so, you playing? The Dolphins. Dolphins are a good team. And it and so but my expectation was this is going to happen. Yeah. But let me ask you this. I don't know. Have you ever felt this in real life? Like have you ever found yourself in a situation that like you were the Aaron Rodgers or you were the Jets? Like not just we observed this, but like you were a player in just a like a catastrophic's a big term, but like catastrophic disappointment. Yeah. Um so I'll say this. I'm not in any way, shape, or form an athlete to the degree that it would actually like impact my life. But um, because I was thinking about this when when we were talking a little bit about it, I'll talk about basketball. Okay. Because I played basketball most of my life. Yeah. And so I was known in school to be a really good shooter. It's a true statement. Now I didn't play for the team. Didn't care. True statement. Like one, uh, four, three years in a row, three point shootout for the for Gaffney High School championship round for the school. School watching. School watching. Okay. Wide contest, and in 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 moments where you, you the expectation is nobody knows who you are and nobody knows that you're good or bad. Mm-hmm. I thrived, and expectations where people expected me to do it, I choked most times. So if you look at church league basketball, mm-hmm. and you can ask Justin this too, he's in our fantasy football league. So when it came to the game. There would be games I couldn't make a shot. And there would be games where if I got through this expectation and say I hit a couple threes, I was good. I'd hit seven, eight. Mm -hmm. But if I had missed one or two in a row, shot. Confidence shot, expectations are shot, crumbled. And that would be the only thing I could even relatively compare as far as athletics go that – I feel like kind of hit somewhat on it, but it always it was always about expectation. It was never about if I could do it, if I was talented enough, if I was doing it. It's always it came to a mental idea of what was my expectation. Yeah, is what helped me or took me out. My mind immediately went to a, a situation in high school. It's non-athletic. Um, I can think of some athletic examples too. Now that you mention it. And there's probably been more um, times that things happen that are just irreversible, like they just are, you know. But to keep it lighthearted, not to do, I talk about like tragic crap. But I totaled my car the week before my senior year in high school, and I remember feeling that way. Just after crumbled. that, just like so frustrated. All right, so here, okay. Do you want a TNJ original? What does that mean? I don't know. I'll probably get a text from my parents next week after they listen to the podcast to either confirm or clarify what I'm about to say. Oh, Lord. But outside of, like, my wife, I don't know if I've ever been, like, 100% honest about what happened. About that story? In my wreck. My wreck. What happened? The accident. Well. So I was drinking. No, I'm just kidding. I was drinking. Um give my parents a heart attack yeah so edit that i had this uh this suv right and so think of like you know like the chevy blazer little small suv it's like the gmc version of that it's called a jimmy a gmc jimmy okay it was a sweet little car 
nice little yeah. nice little high school car. Yeah. Um, it was really nice, though, so we called it James. <laughs> I'm about to walk out. I even had dad jokes back in the day. Yeah. So I, it was the night I was supposed to be going to my like open house, like the senior year open house the week before school starts. Um, I was working at Chick-fil-A, got off work, jump in the car, and I'm driving, and there's this where the roads are there's this little stretch of it's like there's a couple stoplights back to back to back and it's like 35 miles an hour and then you get out of town a little bit and it jumps up to like 55 and it's just a country road and so i had passed a gas station and right past the gas station a couple hundred yards is a stoplight and uh, and so what happened is i was driving past the gas station probably it's speed limit's like 35 but i was probably going 40 or 45 if i'm honest and and I got distracted. I'll fill in the piece of it. I got distracted. I wasn't. I turned back around, and the light had turned red, and I didn't have time to stop. And cars were already turning out. So I slammed on the brakes and I started sliding, and I t-boned this little truck, like a little Nissan truck that was pulling out, like really like driver's side door right behind the driver. It was kind of dangerous. Everybody was fine. Like I nailed it. it like picked my car up and spun me around. Mm. Here's the, and so. The story that I've always told, I mean, as a teenager, was, and, and it's not wrong, was something happened at the gas station and I looked. And when I looked back, the light went from like green to red. Like it skipped yellow. Like it just was really fast. And so, and that's the, you know, the story I've always told. So I, I told the cops this, looked at the gas station and then immediately turned back. Light was red, slammed on the brake. And I just started sliding. And there was even witnesses there that said that, that said he hit his brakes like back there and he just started and it had been raining or something. So like the oil's wet, you know, there's some different environmental factors that were like, he did, he slid, like he stopped, he tried to stop, but like he slid 30 feet or something and hit. And so I ended up not getting, I was at fault for the accident, but the cop did not give me a ticket. I don't think I was not ticketed. Anyway, here's here's what the cop said. He said, you know, he said, you tell me this is the story that you looked up, you know, you look over, you look back, it's red, slam on the brakes, and you just start sliding like your car's not trying to stop. And he said, you even have, there's even a witness here that says they saw that happen. He said, here's my struggle. You hit the second car in line. <laughs> so it had been red for a second. <laughs> Long oh. enough that the other light turned green. And the first car had successfully had made it through the intersection. And then the second car. He said, so I'm not saying what you're saying is not true. But there had to be some significant time there for a whole car to make it through the That's intersection. True. before Dang, you, you almost got away with it. Almost. Almost. But here's, okay, so here's the truth. The full truth. I, I get nervous. So wait, so that's the story? That's that the told. That's the story that I've always told. I mean, I haven't told the story in 15 years, but that's the story I have historically told, which is all true in Except part. Except that it didn't turn. In part. Green. So you got to remember, this is before text messaging. Yeah. This is before all that. There was another piece of this story that I just omitted because I knew it would get my butt grounded. I was on my phone. On like the phone phone? No. Oh, payphone? <laughs> yep, I was on a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> I did, like, I was supposed to be taking my girlfriend. I, I think I was taking her 
to the open house with me. Like somehow I think I was going to get her or see her, something, something with my girlfriend. And so I had a voicemail. I believe it was a voicemail on my phone. I had a little, little tiny phone. And so it is true that I looked over at the gas station because something was happening. Like something caught my eye. But the reason I was even more distracted for too long was because I was trying to get to the voicemail and then return the call. I was trying to listen to the voicemail. I think is how it works. I mean, it's been so long now, I forget the exact detail. But I was on my phone. Like, yeah. that's why. I was on my phone looking at the voicemail. And by the time I looked up from my phone, it was red. And so I did look at the gas station. It did distract me. But the bigger issue is then I went from the gas station back to my phone and was not paying attention to the light that had turned very red. Like an hour ago. Apparently, yes. So, so there's the confession. That's but do you feel at, so it destroyed like it destroyed the car. It totaled it. Yours and his? Yeah, the other car was totaled, I'm pretty sure. And so we had it towed back to my house. So to get to the how I felt this way. So I get back to the house. And I remember getting up the next morning, walking out, and I have pictures of the car somewhere. <clears throat> we ended up getting it fixed. Um but I got up the next morning. I remember looking out the kitchen window of it just being crushed and just thinking, this is unbelievable. Because at that point, like, I didn't know what was going to happen, right? So in my head, I'm like, I have no car. I can't get to work. My insurance is going to get canceled. I'm going to have a ticket. I'm like, my, I'm spiraling to worst case scenario. Yeah. I loved that car. So then there was also just the sadness of, like, I washed it, kept it waxed, vacuumed it. I kept it really nice. Just the heartbreak of just destroying it on top of, like, in that moment as a 17-year-old kid, feeling like my like my world just went back four years. You wouldn't understand that because you had, like, 12 wrecks. First of all. In the first month of your. Every wreck I've ever gotten in, I, I'll relate to that feeling. Okay. I Like, wrecks wrecked me <laughs> i hate that i said that <laughs> because and i think it you know now that we talk about it i think it in all honesty i think it goes a lot back to like expectations because my parents expect me to be a good driver and i was not <laughs> what's funny now though is you're the slowest driver on the road oh, i'm the safest person ever you go like 55 four, on the highway four x would do that um <laughs> And so you know four wrecks in the first four times the charm. Four wrecks in the first six months, and then haven't. <clears throat> but I would say because the expectation is, you know, don't get in a wreck. If you get in a wreck, then and it's your fault. Yeah, it's like devastating, disappointing. Like it's not mm-hmm. like if you get in a wreck, then then you did something wrong because everything is set up for you to be okay. So let me ask you this. We're about to take a detour that we didn't previously discuss. Okay. <clears throat> in those moments when those wrecks happen, did you lie like I did? Like I will, I am really, I am in the past. I hope I don't do this now. <clears throat> but my lying was always lying by omission. Like I would always think, I, I can't just overtly lie. I can't just say something that is false, categorically false, but I will manipulate it to justify it in my head to say, I'm going to tell the truth, a partial truth, or I'm just going to omit the fact that my cell phone was in my hand kind of thing. Did you, did you lie in those? So I'm thinking of three. The fourth one's done. It's fine. The three 
And I think running from a moped counts as lying. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, That counts as lying because you're trying to evade the truth. You're trying to evade accountability. So, no, that one doesn't count because I was not lying. I honestly didn't know I hit him. You ran from him when he chased you. Yeah, but but that was after I realized I hit him. I didn't (laughs) lie about it. For the first for the first twenty <laughs> seconds after it happened, I didn't, didn't realize, realize. Like all I heard was a knock, and I didn't see him until I was fifty yards away at the stop sign. It so I didn't lie. All right. So the other ones. So the three. Yeah. So I had you know the. Like, did you tell I a total, favorable version I of the story? Three three cars in the same sense. Looked over the stop sign. It was somebody had stopped at a stop at a to mm-hmm. turn or whatever. I wasn't paying attention. Blasting ice ice baby ran smack dab into three cars totaled two of them and i told my mom the brakes didn't work because i had brake issues like my, so you know it was believable yeah the second time was the green deer i think i told that story on here where i hit this i hit the sign and there was a green street down yeah my yeah car, yeah yeah and i was staying at my buddy's house because it was my mom and dad's anniversary. yeah and you said it, you ran to a deer yeah and she's a state farm insurance agent so she knows how to like check and she was like, "Well, unless the green, unless the deer's green, I'm not sure that's <laughs> gonna pan out." Um, because I didn't realize it was a green. So yeah, and the third so one? I lied that one. And the th- so the third one was right before senior. I was supposed to go to the beach for senior week, my 11th grade year, with one of my buddies. I was in my driveway, and I put it in reverse. And I was talking to him. I put it in reverse, and because I always just backed out of my driveway, out, out of my road smashed square into his car took out his because i had a jeep he had a firebird took out his entire front bumper just crushed it and my dad was outside talking to my neighbor when it happened so i didn't have the chance to lie because he saw it and was running down the road cussing me out and my friend was in the car with me you just kept going no i once i hit it i stopped obviously (laughs) i couldn't go anywhere but out of the three I lied on the two that I could, and the last one I couldn't. I don't count the moped. So, yes. Because that's the same, and I've already told this story, but the other um, the other big time I got in trouble was when I ran from the cops. I've told that story on here before, but my default was to run from the cops. Like, when I knew I was about to get in trouble, it was to evade capture, right? Just like you run from the moped. And then even, and I did overtly lie on that one, because when he pulled me over, I came up with a story. Yeah. So here's my question. I don't think we've ever talked about this on this before. Why do we lie? Why do people lie? Like when when we get in situations that are so frustrating and unbelievable and we're at fault, why is our default to deceive? So that we don't experience, to be honest, it's probably a couple different things, but to don't experience, don't experience the consequences, whether that's literal consequences or emotional consequences. Mm-hmm. So shame, Any guilt, type. disappointment, or literal consequences of paying for a car, getting in trouble with the cops, getting in trouble with parents. Like I think it goes back to just avoiding consequences mostly. Why? Wow, what? Did you, what's your thoughts on it? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Because I tell, I tell patients when, like, if a parent comes in and they're struggling with their child lying. I, my default is to always say, well, listen, people don't lie for no reason. You lie because you're, you're, you're avoiding, you're fearful of something happening. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're fearful of might be different from person to person. 
but and so I'm trying to think like so it's like I don't know that there's a blanket answer that says this is why people lie. I do think though that yeah they don't want to deal with we don't want to deal with consequences. I don't want to deal with the consequences of my decision. But honestly, I'm trying to think like I think to me it's it's not as much about the consequence. It is like I don't want the consequence, right? Like I don't want my parent to be like, hey, listen, you wrecked the car, you can't have another one. Versus, oh, this wasn't your fault, so maybe they'd be more likely to help me out mm-hmm. or to not stick me for the insurance fees, whatever the case may be. But for me, I think it was the pride. It was the, you screwed up. Like, you are not perfect. And I don't like to be put, in, and this is not healthy, right? This is confession corner right now. Like, I'm not a perfect person. But there's nothing in the world that makes me feel worse than for me to feel like, I screwed up. I hate feeling like I've disappointed somebody or I didn't know the right answer or I did the wrong thing. Like as an adult and even, I mean, even as a teenager, like I was I'm a, kind of a people pleaser, right? I wanted people to think, oh, you're mature. You think before you act, you handle yourself well. And then when there's moments that contradict that, like that really, really bothers me. So it's, I mean, it can still fall in like, emotional consequences yes absolutely it's emotional so like it's yeah and like not feelings not wanting to feel something that's negative yeah i would almost prefer i think physical consequences than emotional than emotional yeah that's true because to me emotional consequences are a reflection of who i am physical consequences are just the the tangible effect of the moment so this kind of goes into i don't know what episode it was but the theory of change that you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like, why pain, do we change? Pain motivates. Yeah. Why do we change? Consequence. Or mm-hmm. something stacks up so much that we can't deal with it anymore, so we change. Yeah. So, basing it off of that that theory of change and then this theory, do we operate a majority of our lives to avoid more than to get stuff? Like, you just want to avoid emotional consequences, literal con- consequences, Whatever it may be, you change according to those. And you act and you make decisions and you behave in ways so that you avoid these things. Is that like a basic? I I think so. Because let me ask, here's the thing. Discussing this makes me feel like a hypocrite. Because even though I know that about myself, like I know that I try to wiggle my way out of, like even now, like even today sitting here, like, not this second. I can't think of an example. But if I, let's use an example. Say we're here at work, and I get carried away. I'm upset, and I'm talking to another manager here or another coworker, and I gossip a little bit, right? Like, I start running my mouth about somebody else. But then later on, I'm talking to that other person, and I'm not mad anymore, and we're fine or whatever. But then all of a sudden, they're getting upset because they're like, man, like, somebody, like, people are mad that I'm doing this. And I'm talking to him about knowing I was one of the ones that was complaining. Mm. In my head, I immediately need to be like, all right, we need to get past this before you find out that I didn't come to you with the problem and I was talking behind your back. It's the same idea in my point. I didn't handle it right. I don't want to face the consequences of your view of me being broken, being shattered. Mm -hmm. Shattered's a strong word, but you being disappointed that I didn't handle it well. And so how can I get past it without y'all connecting the dots that I contributed to this? Now, on the flip side of that, then I tell myself, Marty, 
That's why you stay out of those situations. And I try really hard not to say anything that I can't see. Here I am even rationalizing myself. So you don't think that way of me. But like, seriously, like I'll think I've already, it's already been shattered. It's already been shattered, but I'll think, all right, well then I just don't need to have those conversations. If I can't have it in front of the person, I don't need to have it behind the person. Right. I'm not perfect with that. There are times that I'm like, oh crap. I wish I wouldn't have said that. Mm. But like, it sucks. But here's why I feel like a hypocrite. The th- you know what bothers me the absolute most with my sons? The thing that will get me madder than anything when they lie to me. I have the set, and maybe it's because I know it's, it's, and I think it's true for a lot of people. I don't want to overgeneralize it, but I know that was true for me when I was younger to omit details or to try to avoid fault or try to, you know what I'm saying? Like, not me, it's his fault. Maybe it's because I do see that character flaw and I don't want it for them, but I get so mad at them. And I, and Charlie's getting older now, so you're seeing a little bit more of the, like you can address it more with him now that he's getting older. And I have these lectures that I give, right? Talk about feeling like a dad that are basically like, listen, people screw up. As humans, we will make mistakes. That is okay. I might be upset at a mistake, but you, I will never be really mad at you for screwing up if you just own it, man. Like, it's okay. Nobody expects you to be perfect. Don't feel like you got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But when you realize you mess up, acknowledge it and make it right. Whether it's an apology or go fix it, you know, just own up to it. Be like, forgiveness is granted, man. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect. So when you mess up, you lose your temper, you get upset, you you know, don't do your homework, cheat on the test even. It's okay. As humans, we're going to make decisions that aren't the best. Own it and make it right. But when we choose to use what I consider poor character to try to get ourselves out of a bad decision, character is who we are. Right? The decisions are what we do. Moment to moment, sometimes we make good ones or bad ones. But character is who we are. Choose to have character. Because that will carry you for a lifetime. And like that's what I try to teach my boys. Like when they get in trouble. Like I'll literally say, all right, you have a choice now. Do you tell me the truth or don't tell me the truth? And based on how they answer, when we figure out the truth, I'll say your punishment was going to be this. But because you handled it well and you chose to have character... I'm actually reducing the punishment. Or if there's times that they choose to lie, to deceive, to not be honest, I say you chose to have poor character, and character means more to me than this, so your punishment is actually worse. Because I want them to learn to have character, regardless you know, of whether they messed up or not, because we're all going to mess up. And so part of that is like, and maybe I wanted to hear that, right? Like, I need to know I don't have to be perfect. Like, it's okay, we mess up. Own it, fix it. But like the character that we and lying to me is like it's a character issue, right? It's a, it's it's deeper than just a decision. Do you agree with that? You're staring at me. No, I am. I, I think you had a lot of good. I think you had a lot of good points. Were you even listening? Yeah. No. I. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said. My mind went to <laughs> purge. Oh my goodness. The movie. Yeah. Because this is why. What does a society look like without consequences? So, like, do we choose these things mm-hmm. because of character, which mm-hmm. is what you you know what you just talked about, which I thought was really good. I'm not just saying that, but take consequences out. Do we not care anymore? Like, I don't know. I, I just went down this like, how much do consequences play 
into how we function as a society, how we act, how we behave, how. And so my mind went to purge because, you know, mm-hmm. everything's legal for 24 hours and everybody, and everybody ends up killing everybody. But, like, I don't think it would be that bad. Um, but I think we would, to a certain extent, I think we would become almost slaves to our emotions without consequences where we just do whatever we feel. So let me let me do one last thought. This is either going to be like, yeah, dumb Marty, or ooh, mic drop, good point. What we've just discussed, I would say is is it tends to be universally true. When we get busted, we try to avoid consequences. A lot of times by lying or manipulating the truth. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. That that tends to be a universal process. Yeah. Is that not the very first universal process of sin that we see in the Bible? Adam and Eve tried to, to get away yeah. by breaking the rules. And the moment they realized they were busted, they tried to hide from the consequence and lie. Yeah. Emotional consequence of shame. Because they didn't know what the consequence was yet, physically. Yeah. But emotionally, they were driven by. So you know what that tells me? Avoidance. Yeah. It ain't my fault. Wow. <laughs> Back to the blame it on Eve. <laughs> Oh, no, that's a good point, though. That could be a sermon. Right. Use like, it it's very, Sunday. it's so ingrained in who we are. Yeah. But it's also the very first, like, it's literally the foundational building block of where we went awry. Yeah. We no, tried good. to operate outside the lines and avoid capture. Yeah. So, oh, man, that's, there's a lot that could go into that. Well, you got about one minute. Well, no, I was just thinking, like, they didn't know that consequences were real. Yeah. So they made a decision. They Well, they knew what the, the rules were. They, they made, knew what the expectations were. Right. They didn't know what the expectations was. So then it even goes back to expectations. They knew what the expectation was, and they didn't meet it, and so they started to avoid emotional consequences. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of still ties in. Like, there's an expectation. We don't want to disappoint or we don't want to, yeah. All right, so let me, all right, one last thing. Okay. Because then I'm like, well, if you just set low expectations, then you get that. <laughs> right, it's like the joke. Set the bar low and you'll never disappoint yourself. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's true, <clears throat> but it yeah. also sells yourself short. So I go two different directions, but I'll ask you first. What do you what do you do? Like when it comes to expectations and having realistic expectations, well, I mm-hmm. guess that, I guess that would be the thing with but expectations, but also like lying or wanting to push yourself to be yeah the best that you can be or reaching for for goals things like mm-hmm. that while also not setting yourself up for constant disappointment. Yeah, honestly. And this is going to be kind of a cop out answer, but I think it's true. It's kind of the both and answer. Is you have to, you have to keep things balanced. It is not bad to pursue goals. It is bad to make goals idols. And so, is it wrong to have expectations? Is it wrong for me to want to, like, make my boss proud? No, as long as it doesn't compromise on another value that should be true. But if in making my boss proud. I'm working too much and I'm not seeing my family. I'm not spending time with those I love or doing things for myself outside of work. I'm imbalanced. So the expectation 
has to operate, as long as it operates within the other values that we have, it's probably appropriate. But if it causes us to have to compromise on something else that should be true, then it's probably imbalanced. But the other end of it, if you find yourself struggling with the character side of like lying and stuff, like again, that's it ends up being a pride issue, right? Pride comes before the fall. And I'll say in that, because sometimes we screw up. Be humble, right? Humble is an attitude, but it's also a choice. It's a conscious awareness that says, I want to be right, but I'm not always going to be right. And when I realize I've messed up, no matter how hard that pill is to swallow, swallow it, eat crow, go apologize, and make it right to the best of your ability, and don't do it again. Stop being stupid. Mm. That's what I tell my kids behind their back. Stop being stupid. Because it can be benefit. I know we got to go, but it can be beneficial. Like, yeah. mine went like, realist, set realistic expectations and build resiliency. Right. But you can't build resi- resiliency without experience and consequence. And here's the last thing. If you take, if you make it a practice to apologize, it becomes easier and you actually screw up less. When you try to avoid it, it seems worse than it really is. So we avoid it and you end up having more stuff in your life that's messed up, right? Do the hard thing and actually your life becomes better. When we try to do the easy things and avoid hard things, our life actually temporarily becomes better because we've avoided something. But holistically, it actually becomes worse because you have to over engineer your life to try to avoid bad things. Yep. Anyway, all right, we got to wrap up on that note. Any final words? No? Nope, nothing right. here. All right, guys, until next time, we hope you're enjoying the NFL season, although many of you probably are not. And uh, holler. Holler. Behave <laughs> yourselves. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.